Welcome to Peds in a Podcast, where our team of specialists shares with you tips on all things health and development for your little ones. My name is Leanne Tran, and I'm one of the psychologists here at Peds in a Pod. Today, the tables have turned, and I will be answering your questions. I'm talking about cognitive assessments, one of the most common psychology assessments we do here at Peds in a Pod. I hope you find the tips and information useful. Alrighty, Leanne, so it looks like we're interviewing you today. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. I'm, I'm a bit nervous because the tables have turned. Yes, <laughs> it does feel weird to be on this side, actually. So I, it's nice to have you in the other, the other shoe there. So today we're going to be talking about cognitive assessments. So I guess if we just jump uh, right into it, uh, what is a cognitive assessment for families who may not know? Yeah, it's one. It's a thing that um, is a really common assessment that we do here at, at Peds in a Pod. Um, and often it's actually really common that parents don't know why they're there for it. And so I'll joke around that you say, why why do you want one? And they'll say, I was just told to do it. Yes, and so yeah. I joke, well, you're just following instructions. Nice to have you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, a cognitive assessment is an IQ test, basically. So people tend to know what an IQ test is more, but we um, we call it a cognitive assessment. So it's about um, working out, um, I guess, technically intelligence um, levels or cognitive abilities. They, that means the same thing. Um, it gives us an IQ score, which is an estimate of somebody's cognitive ability or their, which is essentially problem-solving ability. Yeah. Um, the, the cognitive assessments we use most often are the WISC um, or which is the Weschler test. It's a bit too technical, technical but yeah, that's still. Okay. And so for for younger kids, it's called the Whipsy. So there's kind of just a preschool version of the same kind of test. So it's like age-related. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, they, they try to adjust it so that the one for smaller kids involves less things like, um, you know, less fine motor skills. So, for example, rather than use a pencil, kids are holding a stamp in, in their fist and just mm-hmm. stamping. So... They try to make sure that it's, um, you know, age appropriate. So what what an IQ test um, or cognitive assessment is um, a test of problem solving. It, it breaks it down then into different cognitive areas for families. So one is um, one area is verbal comprehension. So that's kind of problem solving that involves words. So f- things like vocabulary. Um, and using verbal concepts like how things are similar, being able to explain things like that. Um, It also looks at um, visual spatial skills. So that's things that relate to like measurement or um, space. Um, Those kind of concepts underlie things like maths. Um, And fluid reasoning is the, the third area. Fluid reasoning looks at the ability to take all the knowledge and information we have already and apply it to a new problem. So things like recognising patterns and and which pictures or shapes should fit in a certain um, grid. So um, that's an interesting concept because that's essentially what every test is at school. It's using what you know to solve uh, a new problem that they've asked you on the test. 
Yeah, I'm glad you went into a little bit more detail about the fluid reasoning because even for me, uh, that's interesting and it's great to know because, um, yeah, I don't think that families would, uh, you know, primarily know that either. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, like, you know, if a, if a child was, was coming ideally for a cognitive, who, who would have instigated that? Would it be a school or a GP or why would a child essentially then come here or how would they get here? Um, that's a good point and I, that's probably worth having talked about before. Um, usually it's when kids are having difficulty at school, um, if they're school aged, that might be with learning, mm-hmm. um, or when they're younger with difficulty um, developing as well. So whether that's at their um, communication and motor skills um, and social interactions or play um, mm-hmm. are delayed. So where kids have delay in a few different areas is called um, global developmental delay. And so at that point, we want to make sure um, is this kind of a cognitive problem that kids have or are they just kind of taking a bit longer to develop? Yeah, sure. Um, But then, sorry, at school, it's about if kids are having trouble meeting the standards at school and um, getting, so meeting the standard is getting C's in their Mm. achievement is when they might get a cognitive assessment. Cognitive assessments are really good at predicting how kids go at school. Um, I always say that that doesn't mean it predicts how they'll go in life. But so the cognitive assessment gives us a guide as to whether kids should be achieving at that standard level of of making a C each year Um, or it lets us know if um, they have cognitive, if they have low cognitive abilities. It might mean that it takes them longer to learn they need more repetition and so they may have difficulty meeting the standards. Yeah, certainly. And I guess that then goes into a little bit of the next question about how a cognitive assessment might help a child. So realistically, like school performance and stuff like that, uh, you know, touching a little bit on that and whatnot. Yeah, so it gives a good, um, it's a really good guide to and a way to set expectations for your kids. So um, all of us are on this kind of um normal curve in terms of cognitive ability so most of us are average we might like to think we're above but most of us (laughs) that makes you feel really good (laughs) (laughs) um so some kids are um you know have high levels of ability and so they learn quickly things Mm -hmm. come easily to them and they can excel at school and at other things um some kids have low ability so where they're they're below the rest of their peers and some um have really significant difficulties at which point um we might talk about them having an intellectual impairment or something like that so the, the cognitive assessment is really the first step at guiding our expectations about what ability a child has so we know um you know we we can work out whether they're achieving about where they should be given their ability or whether there are other factors happening. Yeah, certainly. That's great. And I guess for families who then come to Peds in a Pod for a cognitive assessment, like what is it that they could expect on the day, you know, during that appointment? How long will it take? You know, things like that. So, you know, maybe for those who might be feeling a little bit anxious in preparation Mm. for that cognitive assessment, um, can we maybe give them a bit of a breakdown of what to expect? So it just relieves a little bit of that, you know, anxiety maybe around it. Yeah, so that's one thing is that we um, psychologists tend, well, we we always want to see a family and a child first as well. Yeah, certainly. Initial appointment, really important. Yeah, and the reason is so that we can, um, first of all, like there's two main reasons. The first one is that we want to um, 
assess a whole range of things to make sure that the um, assessment is it's the right time to do an assessment. Correct. So for that, it might be we, we don't want to assess kids when they've just recently um, been through something difficult, like if they've had, a, um, you know, a, a traumatic experience mm-hmm. or if they've got some really heightened anxiety or depression or something like that. Yeah. Um, or if they we want to make sure that they've got the, you know, attentional side of things covered as well. Um, so... Sorry, I've lost my train of thought. But so we want to make sure it's the right time to do the test. Yes. The second thing yeah. is too, we want to make sure the kids have the ability to do the test well. Yeah. So for that, we want to make sure that things like um, fine motor skills mm-hmm. um, and, and that that's all kind of in place. We don't want to do a, a test that's um, where we're asking a child to do something they physically aren't capable of doing yes, because certainly. then we don't have the right, um, you know, it's not going to be a valid result. Yeah, certainly. So the other thing is what you touched on about the um, so the kids knowing what to expect yeah. and being calm um, for the assessment. It's really important that they get to know the context of the assessment, so why they're doing it um, and what information it's going to bring because yeah. like anything, you know, you or I would be the same if someone says you, we're coming for a test, it heightens your kind of nerves. Absolutely. So if... I find if kids understand that it's about finding out um, what kind of things come easily to you and naturally to you, the things you're good at, and also knowing what things are harder for you mm-hmm. and tricky, yeah. I explain that it's about if we understand how you think and solve problems, then your family and your teachers can help you in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it also gives the opportunity for the child to meet the psychologist and for the psychologist to meet the child as well. So we it, that helps the, the kids come in knowing and yeah. they've met the person before. Not as daunting. And they exactly. have like rapport there, I guess, between yeah, yeah, practitioner and patient. Yeah. And also from the psychology point of view that if I've met a child, then I kind of know a bit about what they're interested in and so I can... Um, bring certain stickers or toys or whatever yeah. that we can use as a reward. Elements or... into the assessment almost, would yeah. you say? Yeah, yeah okay. that's, that's right. really helpful. And keep in mind too if, oh, this is a this is a kid who might need to have more breaks than um, most, so we'll make sure we schedule that. enough time. Yeah. yeah. So you did ask before about the time for the assessment. Yes. So usually we, we meet initially for an hour and then I like to set aside two hours for the assessment Um because sometimes it takes that long um, mm-hmm. and other times it doesn't, but it allows for um, having breaks and for yeah. if a child gets anxious or nervous to problem solve yeah. that and, and reduces the pressure of time. Um, Absolutely. You don't want to have to be worrying about, you know, the next, uh, you know, time bracket, I, I guess, or anything like so. Exactly allocating, you know, enough time is, I think, really helpful for families mm-hmm. as well as yourself and, and stuff like that, which is really good. Yeah. And I guess then about uh, specific learning disorders and anything like that, could you touch base a little bit about that? Maybe give us some information? Yeah. So the um, where kids have a specific learning disorder, um, that's where they have kind of um, most often have typical um, cognitive ability, so the IQ may be average or sometimes higher, but they have difficulty learning, which means they have difficulty meeting the standards at school. So the cognitive assessment is the first step um, in, in determining what is the right expectation for kids. And then if we find that they've got... Um, 
you know, average abilities, but they're having difficulty learning. Usually it's in a specific area, so like in reading Mm -hmm. or um, in writing or in mathematics. Then we do an achievement um, test, which is the next step in identifying that. Yeah. The achievement test is more similar to the test they do at school. Um, So it's tests of reading, single words, reading comprehension, um, spelling, writing sentences, and then also doing math problems as well. So this one is not as enjoyable for the yeah. <laughs> for So the would kids. you say that's a little bit like NAPLAN? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sure. similar to NAPLAN. And so the reason that we do this additional test above and beyond what school do mm-hmm. is that um, it's by the same company, so it's a Weschler test as well, and it allows us to, um, you know, statistically look at the difference between the cognitive ability and then the achievement. So where there's a big difference um, and the achievement is much lower than the cognitive ability and usually the achievement is also lower than um, the average for that school grade Mm -hmm. that's when we can identify there's a specific learning difficulty there. Okay yeah I think that's great information Um, and is there anything else that you think that we should you know maybe pass on to families first and foremost like definitely you know don't be anxious about it it's something that's quite common too Mm. like you know it's it's not like you know something that's uh, unheard of or or anything like that Um, yeah yeah so no you know no need to feel like pressure or anything like that we're here to help the best we can and you know certainly if you had any questions prior we can you know you can uh, direct those to uh, reception and if yeah we're not sure we can then ask you so that we can um, provide that uh, uh, information back to families uh, to help them but yeah anything else that you think that we need to touch on do you think for families or there's probably there's a couple of things that have come up as I was talking one Mm -hmm. of them I think is that yeah yeah, you're right. I talk about how it's not um, not a thing to be nervous about. It's a thing because, you know, most times when kids are at school, they already know it's hard for them. Yeah. And so I explain it that, you know, um, it, it's just about helping find different ways that you learn to make school easier for yeah. you. We're not all the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I see you've got glasses on today, Tori. I, I explain I it to kids yeah. about how... If somebody can't see well, then we give them glasses so that they can see well and, and keep doing their job. So um, when you can't, sorry, when, right. <laughs> when you can't learn well, if there's other things we can do to make it easier for you, different ways that you can. So, for example, it might be if, if reading is difficult, that then um, that rather than give you the worksheet, the teachers also tell you verbally the instruction that's kind of the little the support that's similar to glasses and it yes. can help you do the rest of your work well, then, mm. you know, shouldn't we be doing that it's for like kids? Tools. Yeah. yeah, providing tools for them and stuff like yeah. that. I wouldn't expect people who can't see to go about yeah. their day without glasses. <laughs> so why do we, you know, there's, yes. the kids shouldn't feel like they should be able to go through school without these other supports. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah really helpful. So that's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe all, or do you have some something else? The or, one last thing yeah, is because I was thinking about how um, I, I talked initially about seeing a psychologist can help us work out the right test to use and that kind of thing. And so sometimes there are te- different tests that we can do for for example, kids who might have big language problems yep. or where children have autism spectrum disorder, there's nonverbal versions oh, of fantastic. cognitive tests as well so that we can 
really get a sense of their problem-solving ability without the difficulty of language um, affecting the results. Oh, that's um, excellent. Yeah, so that's that's another reason we want to meet the children first and gather all that other information and yeah. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you so much. And I'm sure the families will find that um, helpful as well and informative because that's really what we want to help as well and yeah. um, everything like that. Exactly. So, yeah, that's really great. I feel like I've learned some stuff about <laughs> cognitive assessments today. And, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we've got some fact sheets as well for families because it's a lot oh, um, to take in. So some fact sheets about the tests themselves and the process of it as well Yeah. so that then you can refer, they can refer back to that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And if a family has an appointment booked, a reception would normally email them with all their appointment information and, you know, they can have those assessment fact sheets attached there and stuff. But I guess for families, you know, who might not necessarily sorry, have an appointment yet, um, you know, they could even phone us and ask and, you know, we'd be happy to forward those um, fact sheets to them as well, just so they can have a read before booking, I guess, as well. Yep, definitely. I've had that. Um, I've, I've done that a few times or I've talked to families on the phone too because they're they don't quite understand it and they don't want to know that sorry they want to know how it's all going to fit yes um and our team here too talk about it amongst ourselves as to which which kind of thing we think would fit or work with each child so I've had a few who I've talked to because they've seen one of our other psychologists who, who then has asked them to come over to see me so we're really happy to help yeah absolutely um, yeah perfect well that's great thank you so much for being here today you're welcome excellent well I'm sure we'll talk again but you'll be in that the other position uh, yes yeah maybe. doing all the questions <laughs> yeah fantastic lovely we well, have a great day thank you no you problems. too thanks for listening to peds in a podcast if you found listening to us useful we have plenty of resources on our website including blogs articles and videos if there's a topic not covered that you'd love to hear about, you can get in touch with us on our website. Visit us at pedsinapod.com.au.